You know, when we gather for the Eucharist, the Lord is calling us to do two things. One, first of all, to be present, to be here, to gather as people of God. Then he asks us to listen to his word, to listen to the wisdom that God wishes to share with us, reminding us of things, teaching us, guiding us. And then he asks us to welcome him into our heart when we receive. We celebrate this Eucharistic mystery, which we make present, the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus on the cross, which we honor him. We uh, prepare ourselves to become people of God, to be transformed by his power. And so if we were to look at this gathering here and right now, we're invited to reflect on the word of God that he addressed to us. First of all, we hear the first reading. The first reading is from the book of Exodus. And if we were to look at that moment, the scripture says, in those days, the Israelites came to the desert of Sinai and pitched camp. What were those days? Three months after they were freed from Egyptian slavery, three months which was quite you know, a short time. They left Egypt, they left uh, the slavery there being slaves. And in three months, what they did is they reached the Sinai Desert and they pitched a tent there. They were there for one year. But when the scripture says in those days, when Israel was encamped here in front of the mountain, Moses went up to the mountain of God. So here it is, Moses who was the speaker, a spokesperson for God. He prepared their freedom from the slavery, and now he goes up to the mountain, and he prays, and he prays. And so what happens there? He hears God's voice, and he says, go and tell my people, the house of Jacob, tell the people of Israel, you have seen for yourselves how I treated the Egyptians and how I bore you up on the eagle's wings and brought you here to myself. You have witnessed, it's not a teaching. You have witnessed what I did, how I freed you, how I took you and went through the desert. You didn't have enough food and yet I took you like an eagle, on eagle's wings. I brought you here to the Sinai Desert. Therefore, if you hearken to my voice and keep my command, covenant, you shall be my special people, dearer to me than all other people, though all the earth is mine. God speaking through Moses to them, I have chosen you, not because you are something special, not because you are wise, because I have chosen you because I love you. But if you are open to my voice, if you hear my voice, and if you follow my commandments, then you will be a special people to me. You will be people peculiarly, my people peculiarly my own. You shall be to me a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. Why did God choose them? The Lord explains, not because they were special, not because of anything. It's because he loved them. 
Why did he choose us? Why are we here? Why did he choose us? Because he loves us. There's no other reason. And why did he choose the people of God? Is so that they will be witnesses to the living God. The only God and the other is no other. He chose them to be witnesses to his presence, to his teaching, to his guidance. He chose them so that they would bring forth the promises of the coming of the Messiah. That's what he wanted them to do, that he would, they would proclaim to others that there's only one God, this God of love, God who cares, yes, God of justice, and God who is faithful. And then the other dimension is that they would proclaim the coming of the Messiah. That was their mission. And this is what God spoke throughout the centuries, reminding them of their mission, but we know that they were not exactly faithful. They were running away. They chose other gods. They kind of prepared for themselves all kinds of problems, difficulties, because God said, if you're faithful to me, I will care for you. I'll be there for you. But if you're not, you're stepping outside of the covenant relationship, and you're on your own. And so you have to follow and, 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 and you will experience the consequences of your own doing. And yet, he, will, he did not forget them. Even if they were unfaithful, they transgressed, yet God was always there for them. So that's the first reading today, is reminding of the people of God of their mission, just like mission that you have received, all of you here, as a people that God gave mission to the, the various nations. It's the same mission, mission to proclaim that he's true, he's only one, that he's loving, he's just, and he cares, and he's preparing eternity for, for everyone who follows him. So the mission is still the same. But we know that from the Old Testament, we hear something that they to, to anticipate and expect, and is the reality of the Messiah. God proved the truth of his words by giving us his son. So it's no longer a word of the prophets, but it became the word of God, the son. And he, in his body, in his teaching, in his witness, in his example, he showed us the Father. He showed us the Father's love. So that we won't have to just listen to somebody's words, but he manifested to us in a visible way. And this is what the gospel is all about. This is what the good news is all about, is that God from all eternity was, yes, who has chosen us because he loves us, we are his creatures, creation. And then he manifested to us in his son. And that love was so great, as St. Paul would say, is that even though we were still sinners, even though we still disregarded him, we didn't even care, we didn't even know and yet, he still died for us so that we may be free, so that we may receive salvation, that we may receive the truth. He died for us because he loves us. Same love of the Father manifested in the Son. And this is why St. Paul says so clearly today, he's the one who did everything for us. He wants us to know him in a personal way. 
that he's our friend, he's close to us. He's not someplace out there or some you know, supreme being that we do not know of. No, we do know that supreme being. He's the one, he's, he's, he's God, our Father. He's God, the Son, and he's God, the Holy Spirit, we know. In three persons, we have the reality of God, and this is what we are, to proclaim, to live, but to rejoice, to find delight in, because we know him. We've come to know him, and he is our life, as St. Paul says, he's our redemption. He is the future glory. But as we see Jesus today, and he's choosing the 12, just as he chose the nation, Today we hear this vocation to be the 12, to be a special a group of, of people, the 12. But you know how God is? Guess what Jesus chose? People from different political parties. Zealots wanted to kick Romans out by violent revolution. Here we have Matthew He's a servant of the occupying forces. Then we have Peter and John and James want to destroy the Palestinians. You know, they didn't accept you. Send a fire in Brimstone, kill them off. Then we have Judas, okay? What is God doing? He's creating unity out of total diversity. Complete diversity. We're talking about our nation here or different nations around the world. The Lord wants to bring everybody. He doesn't, he's, he's not concerned about political views. He's not concerned about ideologies. He wants to bring them into unity because they can't make it on their own. This is what the gospel says today. Jesus looked at the crowd and his heart was moved with pity for them because they were troubled and abandoned. They don't even know what they're doing. This is what the Lord is doing for us. You know, it seems like it's in, in, insurmountable, all the differences, political things which are dividing us and people who are actually trying to benefit from it, gain votes from, from diversity maybe, or division, or hate. They want to bank, on, bank, bank money on those things for their own personal advantage of whatever ideologies they have. And yet God can bring unity out of this diversity. But there's one major and important step is to accept the Lord, to accept Him, to accept His teaching, to accept His friendship, to accept his future promises, to accept the fact, the truth, that we are to be in heaven. And in heaven, there will be no diversity. He wants to transform the diversity into unity. It's not the push for diversity that we need. We need to push for unity under God, because that's the only thing that God has come to do, is that Diabolos is the scatterer Whoever follows ideologies which are against God, they scatter, divide. Only God brings communion.
by receiving communion, holy communion, which means accepting the friendship of God, accepting the friendship and love of God, accepting his commandments. This is what Jesus says. In order for them to bring this unity, he says, go out and proclaim. Go out, teach, heal, strengthen. Go out and eliminate evil from their life. You have received power to eliminate Satan, all the forms of possessions, all the form of, of, of various types of afflictions people carry. You have the power, the power to forgive sins, to eliminate sin, eliminate evil, eliminate he, the, the sicknesses of the heart, of the mind, of soul. Because when we eliminate the sicknesses within, then the body gets better. Our communion relationship with each other attain greater harmony. What was original unity of this country? The original unity was the Bible, the Word of God. They might have been different groups following different religions, Christian religions, but there is a unity. The Word of God became a source of unity. And for those who did not believe, became the constitutions. That was a source of unity. And so, today's world wants to get rid of the Gospels, Google, God, the God's Word, and unity that came from Constitution, change it, especially for this country in which we live. So, it is, it is the power of the scatterer wants to divide, eliminate the sources of, of unity, God's word, and, and for those who do not wish to follow or are not part of our Judeo-Christian heritage, the constitutions. But this, it is the call that God gives us today. You go out. But the Lord says, yes, but yes, go out to all the territories and enter the Samaritan, Samaritan towns. Do not go there, but go first to the loss of sheep of Israel, meaning start off with the first who received the revelation. But the first who received the revelation became the last to accept Jesus. The first became last. And so they're awaiting and awaiting the coming of the Messiah who has already come. But the Messiah will come because that's the second coming of Jesus. And they will welcome him. And yet, as it is, the first became last. I remember, and then there's so many cases where grandchildren are bringing grandparents and parents to faith. I remember this family, children who were praying the chaplet at three o'clock, and a grandmother who was not interested, she would leave the room, she would leave the house to go out, not to be with her grandchildren because they were praying. Because she said she followed her faith uh, with her husband, who is an atheist, and she says, I have to be faithful to him. I said, why should we? She should be faithful to him. He's already gone. He's died. And yet she was. The Lord is calling us to himself, and, but he wants first to accept his friendship, the truth, even though we're sinners. But he says, come to me. I love you. I have 
seeing your difficulties, problems, whatever you have, I want to come and rescue you. I want to be there for you individually and as a group and as a family, and we welcome. You know, I went to the Fifth World Apostolic Congress on Mercy in Samoa, and I know that Filipino people are probably the greatest promoters of divine mercy, and you're like number one. But you know what? When I went to Samoa, I saw another people who are very close to you and who also love the Lord and his mercy. And at every office, every room, you know, government offices, they have an image of divine mercy. So they're kind of beating you in some fashion. <laughs> but you're still number one <laughs> in my heart. However, however, I know that because what the Lord has manifested to them, you know, they experience special protection. You know, cyclones are a problem for those Polynesian islands. Their houses are not really that strong, so it can inflict a lot of damage. And yet, because of divine mercy images every place, they say they haven't had a cyclone for the last 20 years. Not because they were afraid of cyclone that they embraced divine mercy, but they see the fruit, the fruit that God gives them, the fruitfulness, honoring him. So this is how God chooses, chooses us, chooses us as people, nations, as families. And, and as, in a special way, all those who follow the Lord in his mercy, devotees of divine mercy, you know, Bishop Mark Mazuku from Nigeria, he said the following, you know, in Africa, there's, there's a tribal awareness, strong awareness, tribal awareness, that even if you're, in a, you know, if you're a nurse or so, and there's a person from another tribe, then, then they'll say, well, you go take care of your own people. You know, there's a sense of type of tribal, type of mentality. And we, it's not just Africa, it's many, many places, Asia as well, and we know that. Or sometimes ethnic type of belonging, which is, can be very strong. But you know, he says the following, Bishop Ozuku is absolutely wonderful witness of divine mercy, established several religious communities, great promoter, leader of, of the whole movement in Africa, the continental president of spreading divine mercy. And he said, you know, those who love divine mercy message, he says, they're instantaneous friends. Doesn't matter what tribes they belong to, what peoples they belong to, they feel very close to each other. And he says, you know, I guess this, this divine mercy whole message is a sign of unity. It brings unity, we're close to each other. Because why? Because we realize that Jesus is the one. He suffered for us. All the forms of devotion focus on Paschal mystery, on the Eucharist, on, on you know, even Divine Mercy Sunday. They bring us into greater unity of appreciation of what God has done for us in his son who died for us, who rose for us, whom we celebrate every mass we gather because he gives, makes himself present to us. He gives himself in the Holy Communion. He gives himself in the gift of mercy. This is what he does. And this is what Jesus says today, go out, proclaim, go out. And if you, you, you feel like you're, there's not enough of you, then pray to the Father, Father, because the harvest is too great. Pray for vocations. Pray for those who will do the work on behalf of God. And this is why vocations are important, whether it's you know, our community, religious life, or priesthood, or, or all of you as great promoters, because you are the people of God, you are the priestly people. 
Not only the people of Israel were the people peculiarly God's own. People were a holy nation. Kingdom of priests. You are, all of us are. By baptism, we are kingdom of priests. We have received a priestly ministry. Priestly ministry on behalf of Jesus to proclaim, to teach, to, trans, to, to, to make holy. This is our, our gift because wherever we are, we are carrying Jesus in our heart. We're the temples of God. Can you imagine here, right here today, you receive God of glory through whom the universe was made, through whom Jesus, you receive, you carry him in your heart. And for those who are not able to receive spiritually, you can welcome him. And he still will become the king of your, of your heart. Can you imagine you carry God in you? Our awareness is so short, you know? We have sort of spiritual Alzheimer's all the time. Short memory of the fact is that we receive him and we don't follow, that we just forget, you know, because we got hungry or something and we see each other and not always agree with everything and, and we take secondary things to become primary. The secondary things of the daily life, you know, extinguish for us the awareness. And yet God still reminds us, so next Sunday or next day we gather for the Eucharist. We remember again whom we receive. And if we can't, for, if we can't remember, then we have to ask Our Lady. You know, I sometimes repeat myself, but remember in the diary, Faustina was not aware of receiving Jesus. We think of her, how great she was and how holy she was, but she was not. And so she asked, Blessed Mother, Blessed Mother, you remind me. When Jesus comes into my heart, you remind me. And she asked her, and believe me, she received the grace. And I too, I asked Blessed Mother, and I, I am very much aware the moment when he comes. God is the loving Father, and today is Father's Day. And I'm not gonna, very short, because I talk too much, but at any rate, the Father's Day. Who do we have as models of the Father? If we do not have the model of God the Father and his love and mercy, then we're missing a lot. You know, there's two dimensions of God's mercy and love. The feminine, rahamin, and the masculine, hasad. The hasad is the fidelity to the truth, fidelity to the love, fidelity to the commitments, to promises that we have made. Because God is true and promises, and, and, and true to his promises. The example of God the Father we have in a gospel with John Paul II so beautifully articulated in the in encyclical Divas in Misericordia. You know, the, he spoke of the prodigal son's father. The fatherhood, even though his son is a prodigal one, runs away, takes off, blows up his possessions, everything else, and yet he welcomes him back because he always remains his son. And so be. When he comes back, he doesn't kind of point the finger, you blew it, that's it, you know? That's it, I can't do anything more for you, no. He took him back in, restored his dignity, restored his son's sonship, 
took care of him. His older brother was upset with the father. What are you doing? Look what he blew all your stuff, all your possessions. He, he doesn't deserve anything. Maybe you should hire him as a, one of his hirelings. That's it. And yet, this is the fidelity of the father. And so this is the motto for the fatherhood that we all have, fatherhood of Joseph. Yes, surprises, unusual situations. And yet, you want to protect. This is what happens to us, especially as, as fathers, whether physical or spiritual, big brothers, where, where we take care of one another. And so it's very important. And we have the power because God gives us. God shares this fatherhood with us. God shares the fatherhood with each one. But as again, if our relationship with the God, the Father is distance, then it's not, we don't receive that special grace, the knowledge, understanding of what fatherhood is all about, is taking care of others. We have the physical abilities, we have the mental abilities, we have the ability for commitment, to make commitments. We have all these gifts, even if sometimes they're maybe not exactly too good, but we have. So we exercise the power to bring love, to, to bring truth, to bring the fidelity. And no matter what, conditions are secondary. We cannot explain or justify ourselves because there's no justification. Justification is if we don't open our hearts to God, then we don't have the power. And the last thing I'd like to share with you is, I remember my own dad who uh, had a very tough beard. And um, the blades were too expensive because every three days or so, he would have to get a new one. And, he, and so he had a straight edge at that time. We're going back, I'm, you know, I'm old enough and my dad was, I was, he was 50 when I was born, so he was kind of older, on the older edge. But I remember him, and you know, my mom was stealing his straight edge because it was so sharp, she would, you know, for cutouts or whatever, and of course she would know because then he couldn't, he couldn't perform the appropriate, you know, you know, duty at any rate. We as kids were always afraid because every time he would close, you know, get close to us, we said, Dad, it's so sharp, you know, we can't. We can't, you know, we can't stand because we have to shave frequently. But at any rate, when I was 14 years old, my aunt gave me money. And at that time, they were advertising Norelco shaving shavers. And so I picked up, I shouldn't be advertising any company, but at any rate. But the fact is this, he picked it up and he loved it. And he wore those, you know, those cutters, I think two or three, but he kept on having it till the end of his life, you know for many years of his life. And, and, um, and he had deeply appreciated that. I know it was a small gift. It wasn't, it wasn't even my money, because I didn't have that much of anything. But the fact is that my aunt gave me, and said, she said, get yourself, it was her sister. She gave something for, give something to him. And you know, what can we do for our dads? Appreciation, even small things, with the neuroticals, whatever it may be, or just telling my, Dad, you know, I know that you're struggling hard. Maybe you could use some help or whatever, assistance. You know, um, is being, you know, being good, good. The spouses or, or, or children that we may appreciate the father's responsibilities. And, you know, they may not be too emotional, but nonetheless, if they live the truth, just that that fidelity, rahamin means they're emotional, they're mothers. And that may not be too emotional, but they're faithful, they're faithful. 
That's what the Lord has called them to be. So maybe as we continue the sacred liturgy, Lord, first of all, thank you for giving us the gift of faith, calling us to be your followers. Thank you for entrusting the message of, of God's love and mercy to us. Thank you for calling us to be truly the proclaimers of God's word. But also we thank you for the gifts that you bestow upon us each day, especially your presence, your friendship, your promise of glory. We also entrust to you, fathers, today. You bless them in every way. You know what they need. We have complete confidence in you, and we entrust ourselves to you. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.